The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Love Rugby League podcast, bringing you the latest rugby league news, talking points and exclusive interviews. Listen as fellow fans and experts discuss the burning issues in the game and share their bold predictions. We're out every Wednesday to look ahead to your rugby league weekend. Welcome to the Love Rugby League podcast this week and the build-up to Super League. We've got a bumper edition. We'll hear from someone from all 12 Super League clubs. I'm James Gordon. I'm joined by Drew Derbyshire. We're going to knock about our predictions for the Super League season. And Drew, just before we get into each 12 clubs, what are you expecting to see from, from this season? I'm feeling the most optimistic uh, I have been in, in years about a season ahead, uh, especially with all the, the t- television deals that have come into place in 2022. There's lots of new signings. There's quite a, uh, a group of NRL players who have come over to Super League this season as well, which I'm quite excited to see. And I'm also excited to see uh, the the newcomers into Toulouse Olympique and see how they're going in Super League this year. And of course, it starts this weekend with, I think, four games live on TV, three on Sky and then one on Channel 4 between Leeds and Warrington. We were invited to Channel 4 Studios early this week uh, Adam Hill's pretty passionate rugby league guy. Um, he'll be a, a good, probably a good, uh, not just a good host, but a good ambassador for for rugby league coverage. Yeah, he spoke very passionately, didn't he, about getting the the Channel Four gig. Uh, and I think I think he'll do a tremendous job. He, he's spoken on a lot of TV shows already, and obviously on on his show, The Last Leg about his passion for rugby league. Uh, he's a big av- advocate of the game. I think he'll he'll bring something fresh to Super League. I think he'll bring new ideas to Super League. And I think he'll also bring the, the comedy element in there. And he'll try to go uh, with a slightly different route and slightly less less professional route than, than what we've been used to um, so far in our coverage of the game. I think it's, it's exciting for the game that we get on terrestrial TV and... We'll get more eyeballs on the game, so I think it can only be a good thing, to be honest. So let's hear from Adam Hills himself. We caught up with him, along with all the other rugby league media men and women, early this week. Adam Hills. No, weirdly, my first thought was um, get an expert. (laughs) Genuinely, my thought was if you want to do the sport justice, get people involved that know what they're talking about. And yeah, I love it, and I've played, but you want a proper 
expert in charge. And then when Channel 4 kind of explained that they want to find a way of opening rugby league to a new audience, they want someone who can almost translate between the experts and the people who might not have watched rugby league before, that's when I went, okay, I'll do it. (laughs) Because I can get... I'm enough, I think I'm enough of a fan that I can be in the middle. I can ask the questions that hopefully the people at home might want to ask. And then if something really technical is come, comes up, then maybe I can kind of turn to the camera and go, okay, what that means is this. So in a weird way, I'm almost like a, like a translator of the UN. Yeah. <laughs> Even just doing a couple of interviews already, like I'm really passionate about it, the same way that I am about the Paralympics. When I talk about the Paralympics, I get really excited. And I think to talk about rugby league... Uh, to people who might not know it or who only vaguely know it. I'm really... For me, I want to convey the, the joy that I get from watching it. And Okay, here's what I want to convey. When I first started working on The Last League and when I first started coming over here, I realised that in London, you don't get a lot of coverage or even just chat around the office about rugby league. And the first guy that directed The Last League after the Paralympics was from St Helens. And so we started talking about rugby league and his face lit up and he just went best game in the world best game in the world and we had this amazing conversation where the two of us were just bouncing off each other going oh god yeah that's what I want to convey I want to convey that feeling that like we've known about this secret for years and now we're letting other people in welcome to our little secret absolutely yeah keep up with all things rugby league 24-7 head on over to loverugbyleague.com so St Helens are three-time Super League champions in a row. Can anyone stop them in 2022, Drew? I think they can. Uh, I don't think. I think it'll be very impressive if they go four years uh, winning the Super League title. Um, but, but saying that, they brought in um, a couple of new faces in the off season, and I think they'll look even stronger this year than, than what they did last season. It's in, it's interesting because you know you look on paper and you think, well, you've lost your fullback, you've lost your you've lost your standoff, you've lost it, you know one of your key centres. But then when you consider that Wellsbury had pretty much stepped up anyway, obviously Lewis Dodd played half the season last season because Fars was injured. You know they lost James Bentley as well. Um, Nagama's gone. Even though they've lost probably four of what you would have called their start in thirteen, it's quite remarkable that they've still looked strong. You know, probably strong as strong or even stronger than they were. And Will Hapoir, he's come in. He's obviously big things going to be expected of him. Of course, you've got an old Mark Percival has a few injury niggles every now and again, and that's quite important that they can get both of them on the field. Um, Joey Lussick as well at hook is a big signing because although James Roby's still at the peak of his powers, even at 36, I think he is now, to bring Lussick in and be able for them to maybe manage Roby a bit better, but also it's a clear bit of succession planning in many ways because if, if it is Roby's last year, Lussick can step up. And Lussick, of course, has already demonstrated in Super League that he can he can compete at the top end of, of the table. Yeah, R- Roby said, though, that he wants Lussick to take his shirt off him this season, that he, w- he wants Lussick to, to provide that competition and, and potentially even start over him sometimes as as Roby edges towards the back end of the, his career. He said it's it's likely that it's going to be his last season. He's not confirmed his, his retirement at the end of the season by any means, but uh, Lussick's the perfect man to, to step in for, for Roby. Uh, but I said last season as well, just on the young fellas, Jack Wellsby and Louis Stoddart, I think, are, are more than ready to, to step up and take a starting spot. Obviously, we've seen Wellsby play a number of positions. I think it, there's only prop that where Wellsby's not played um, 
and I think Dodd said he's happy to take on the kicking duties at Saints as well, which shows great maturity of a of a lad of his age as well. So them two are going to be uh, massive for Saints this year. And of course, Christian Wolf took over from from Justin Holbrook. Um, and as, I suppose you you can see in the recruitment that they've done this season and last season now Wolf is sort of different to Holbrook and has tried to put his stamp on the team. You know, in spite of how good they were last season, Saints, maybe a couple of the signings that were made perhaps didn't hit the heights that perhaps you would have expected. They've they've got a few, you know, Surinan's another example this season that they've brought in. Do, do they need all the new signings to be what they expect them to be to, to be successful? I'm not, I'm not sure. I, I think Saints are literally that strong that not all of the stats, the new signings need to have standout years. Um, Curtis Sirenen is he's a, a huge player. Uh, I think if, if he might manage, manages to stay fit for most of the season, he could have a, a massive year for Saints. Um, Comrade Hurrell's an interesting one. Uh, a lot of eyebrows were raised when Saints announced a signing of Hurrell, but I, I think he, he provides plenty of uh, great options because obviously he's, he's primarily a centre but he can also fill in fill in at the back row if, if there are injuries or even at loose forward as well so uh, I think they've got great strength in depth and he, Hurrell's probably a good example of a, a Christian Wolf type of signing you know maybe if you know, if it, if it hadn't been Wolf at Saints maybe they wouldn't have signed Hurrell so it would be interesting to see how Saints get on again we caught up with Christian Wolf, who was in familiar surroundings as the Super League Media Day was hosted at the Totally Wicked Stadium here's what he had to say yeah, it's great. Um, you know, obviously, I, I really enjoy pre-seasons, to be honest. You, you get the great work ethic out of the players, you get to work really hard, you get to try and identify a couple of things that you want to improve and, and work towards those, and that's what we've done. So uh, I'm really happy with what we've done so far through the pre-season and where we're at. Um, but you get to that point where you just want to see the players challenged and playing again, and obviously players don't necessarily like pre-seasons as much as coaches do. And, uh, they're certainly ready to get out and play as well. So, uh, look, I think it does. I think the competition asks you to do that. And if I look at the competition over the last three years, I think it has improved every year and become a little bit more challenging in terms of trying to stay at the top and a little bit more challenging in terms of um, how competitive teams are in those big games as well. And uh, if you look at the recruitment this year, I, I think it's really exciting for fans. I think there's some great players that have come over and some really exciting players that have come over and. Um, added, who are going to add to our competition if you look at the guys who've come from the NRL uh, right across the board. And I think if you also look at the competition, I think it's going to be much closer, um, not just at the top, but I think the teams that um, you know that have been towards the bottom over the last couple of years are going to be a lot closer to the mark and a lot, close, a lot harder to beat. And If you're a fan watching our game and, and a fan watching games uh, week to week, you want them to be on a nice edge, you want them to be really competitive and uh, not really know who the winner's going to be until some final plays in the last 10 minutes. And that's exactly what I think you're going to get. Uh, as I said, I think it's going to be a really tight competition from 1 to 12. And um, you know, I, I think there's some exciting players that everyone can get excited about. And none better than what we're going to see in round one. For Wigan Warriors, another team, quite a few of the teams due. I should have wrote these down. Is it a quarter of a team? We've got a different coach at the start of the season. Matty Pete is the, the new man at the helm at the DW Stadium. Um, and there's a lot of work, maybe more so off the pitch at Wigan in terms of, of the culture and everything that they're doing off the field. They want to try and get that right in the background to assist with improvements on the pitch. And it's fair to say that they do have to improve on the pitch from last season, Drew. Yeah, definitely. They, they, they need to improve. I, I know a lot of Wigan fans were unhappy uh, with the playing style last season and uh, 
they didn't quite reach the heights that they wanted to reach under Adrian Lamb, but I'm feeling very optimistic um, for Wigan fans under under Adrian, uh, under new coach Matt Pete. Sorry, uh, they've recruited quite well over the off season. I think uh, Patrick Margo and Kate Ellis coming over from the NRL, they bring that grunt that's needed to the forward pack that's been missing at the Warriors over the last couple of years. Now they've got some senior props to go alongside uh, Brad Singleton, and let's not forget the. The bright prospects in the pack as well: Oliver Partington, Liam Byrne, Morgan Smithies, Ethan Avard. Ethan Avard. Uh, the names just keep coming as well at Wigan. So uh, I'm feeling optimistic about where they can go. I'm, I'm confident they can get silverware this season. Uh, and Dryfield as well. He'll be like a new signing for Wigan. He only played two, two or three games last season. His, his season was uh, littered with injuries, shall we say? And and Bevan French is, is returning to, uh, soon as well, so uh, all systems are go up, Wigan. It's interesting, Wigan's recruitment's probably different in terms of, you know, they've not grabbed the headlines so much as some of the other teams, um, but maybe they've recruited with purpose, you know, like you say, you mentioned the lads they brought in from the NRL, was Keg Cust's going to be a, a key a key acquisition. Jai, I feel like you say, he's like a new signing. Abbas Miski's one we've not mentioned as well, brought in from the Championship, and it's interesting that Wigan have done that approach some people sometimes turn the nose up when you recruit from from a lower level but i know you're a big fan of his and and he might well just turn out to be a a nice little under the radar pickup for for wigan well i'm a big fan of my international rugby league james and and i've seen him play plenty of times for lebanon before he was great at the 2017 world cup and when london signed him uh, before last season i was a big fan and i, and I said all along that he w- he was going to be a hidden gem in the in the championship not a lot of people would know him uh, but he did a, a fantastic job. I think he got 14 tries in 15 games or something like that for the Broncos last season. And he's obviously earned a Super League deal, not just earning a Super League deal, but earning it with a, a massive club like Wigan as well. He, he'll be looking to, to shine, and I think he'll be a fan favourite at Wigan this season. Let's hear what Matt Pete had to say. Yeah, I think personally, and for us as a club, it's very important. But I feel, uh, I feel any decent organisation needs to have some purpose. Beyond, beyond the obvious, beyond, in our case, winning games, winning trophies. I think the sport can go deeper than that and does run deeper than that. And I feel that our players and, and members of staff have an understanding of what, what impact we can make is uh, really important. But as well, I feel that the connection that people feel with us will, will grow and strengthen from that. So trying to grow the fan base, trying to grow the business, and trying to get a good feel around the place, I feel. More we can get out of our comfort zone amongst the community, the better. The question everyone's asking is it Warrington's year? Darrell Powell has taken over at the Hallowell Jones Stadium following a few disappointing seasons under Steve Price. It has to be said, Warrington have crashed out in the first round of the playoffs the last three years. Darrell Powell comes over from Casford. He's probably deserved that chance at a bigger, I don't want to say bigger, I don't want to offend Casford fans, but at one of the top clubs to try and win that elusive Super League title, both for him and for for Warrington. They've got a great spine of English players in, in Steph Ratchford, George Williams, Gareth Widdett and Darrell Clark. Um, Powell comes, brings Ryan Sheridan with him as well, of course, from Casford. He's brought a couple of players, Oliver Holmes and, and Peter Matauti have come over. Um, is Warrington's pack strong enough, Drew, to compete with the likes of Saints and Catalan? I don't. I don't think Warrington's pack is as good as as those two teams you've just mentioned. Um, I, I think 
of the top six, if you like, uh, I think it's probably one of the the weaker packs. Um, I think it's fair to say, but also then again, if you look at the backs uh, and well, the spine especially, if you've got a spine of Stefan Ratford, George Williams, Gareth Widdop, and Daryl Clark, it's probably the best spine in the competition. Uh, so there is that balance there. Um, I don't think that the pack. Well, I, th I think Daryl Pearl will be looking to add to his pack, should I say, um, as the season goes on and he'll have a look overseas but, and to the NRL, probably if players become available. Um, but I'm excited to see what this spine can do at Warrington. Uh, it's it's the best spine in Super League for me. Uh, whether they can go all the way or not, I'm, I'm not quite sure. I, I mean, I've, I, I've banged this drum for a few years. I still think one of the main reasons Warrington haven't made it is just because they've not been able to get the volume of players coming through their own system into the first team, like Saints, Leeds, Wigan have done. But might we see that change under Daryl Powell in the next few years? There's a few players just on the fringe of the first team that are starting to impress. You know, Ellis Longstaff, Connor Wrench, um, Josh Thulis, and Powell seems quite, from speaking to him in this pre-season, he seems quite excited by the prospects of some of those players coming through. Is that the key to Warrington being able to, to get that next step? He's somehow integrating these young players regular into first team, just like those other three teams I mentioned do. Definitely. Powell was a big, big advocate of bringing the youth through at Castleford. We, we saw a number of players make the, the first team debuts under Powell while at the Tigers. Uh, I think he'll definitely be looking to, to give some of the kids a, a, a good uh, run out. Not just making the debuts, I think he'll, he'll give them a, a couple of games to, to shine this season. As you mentioned, uh, Connor Wrench and Ellis Longstaff, I'm a, I'm a massive fan of those two. Wrench obviously got a call to the England squad uh, for the France test last year. I know he didn't play, but he was part of the squad. Ellis Longstaff's impressed in pre-season. He had a, a strong game against Salford in a pre-season friendly last week. Um, a long may it continue at Warrington. It's, it's good to see youngsters finally coming through the system there. Let's uh, hear what Daryl Powell had to say about settling in at Warrington. Yeah, I, I was just... I was just talking about that actually, just uh, how how good it's been. Um, they moved over here just before Christmas and obviously settled into the club. You know, the club's just a, a class place to work. But I think the area is um, you know, it's a really nice place to live as well. So from both sides, um, calm before the storm really. Obviously we're just about to get going. So um, big challenge ahead and really looking forward to it. Uh, yeah, I think uh, I'm really happy. I mean, obviously we, we've played one game. Um, so it's it, it's almost you know, really harsh to evaluate uh, where, where the team's at from that perspective. I think um, we've had a great pre-season, um, but everybody says that, don't they? So it's about you know you've got to turn that into performances and into actions. So we, we're obviously we play Salford uh, tomorrow night. Um, that'll be a, a mixed team, a lot of young players in there. But I'm happy where we're at. It, it's it's about final week of preparation uh, and get ready for Leeds and you know we've got a tough start I think um, really tough start but you, you wouldn't want it any other way I think playing Wigan last week was perfect preparation for us uh, it was a really physical game it was obviously a Super League standard game and um, and we got a lot from it uh, you know there's a lot of learning from, from that performance and, and the things that we did and didn't quite get the way we wanted to Catlin Dragons reached the maiden grand final in 2021, but it's perhaps a sign of the progress that they've made over the past few years that Steve McNamara, when reflecting on 2021, was a bit tinged of disappointment, Drew. He said, yeah, they finished top of the league, but they missed out on the two major trophies, which of course is Challenge Cup and, and the grand final. But looking at Catalan's recruitment, they've brought in Mitchell Pearce, Dylan Napper, Tyrell May from the NRL. 
to add to you know what was a pretty strong squad already. Could they be the team that ends St. Helens' run of, of dominance? They certainly can be. Uh, they showed a lot of signs of promise last season. Obviously, uh, the home at the Stade Gilbert Brutus in Perpignan, that's gonna, that's a fortress for them. Uh, it was great there last season. They will be uh, great there again this season. It's going to be interesting to see how they cope without James Maloney, the star halfback, and all they've brought in a like-for-like replacement in Mitchell Pearce. So hopefully Pearce can, can hit the ground running in Super League and, and have the same effect that Maloney did. Uh, on the Dragons and, and build up a good partnership with Josh Drinkwater in the halves. What I like about Catalans as well is it, is it the conveyor belt of French talent coming through as well. Uh, we, we, we saw that Steve McNamara gave uh, a couple of chances to some young players last season uh, and I know the young fullback Arthur Morgan is out for the first uh, three months of the season but he's going to be crucial for, for the Dragons. There's no reason why they, keep, they can't go all the way. I suppose a lot depends on, like you say, the French players is it you know, can they find the level that they need to 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 win the Super League? You know, outright. And I suppose bringing those French players on. I know there's been some comments made about how the extra year for the World Cup might actually benefit France because those players, you know, will get an extra year under their belt. Um, but certainly fitting them around the marquee signings for Catalan seems to be potentially a winning formula. Let's hear what Steve McNamara had to say. Oh, look, I think. Uh... With every season, uh, you sort of debrief. You look at what you've done well and what you've not done so well. Uh, things you want to keep, things you want to change. Um, so when you talk about achievements, you know we didn't. You know we we obviously finished top of the of the regular season at the top, but we missed out on you know two of the main trophies which were up for grabs: the Challenge Cup and the Super League one. So quite clearly, there's room for improvement for us. But um, you know satisfied in terms of that, probably our second year on the run. That we've shown consistency throughout in the league. You know, we finished in the top four the year before, and then we at the top this year round. So, um, so yeah, just, just really, just like any other season, just assess it, look at it. What do we want to keep? What do we want to improve on? And, and let's go. Yeah, I think on the field, off the field, uh, it was obviously our players what played in the game. The seventeen that were fortunate to do that, experience what it's like at the at the highest highest end of sport which is what that was, that grand final was, 12-10, you know, incredibly tough game. Our uh, players we didn't play, a lot of our younger players sat on the sideline and could experience and feel that close hand. Our club, our administrators, everyone involved in it, seeing the type of organisation and setup that goes into uh, these successful teams that continually get to grand finals, which is, you know, St. Helens are, are clearly the benchmark at the minute in Leeds and your Wiggins, who are, have clearly got a lot of things right, so... I think it was a great experience all round, um, and for us, a, a bitterly disappointing one to lose it because I felt like we were in a position that um, you know we could quite easily have won that game. For Leeds Rhinos, they've got a new half-back partnership in Blake Austin and Aidan Caesar. They brought James Bentley in from St Helens as well. It does feel under Richard Agar that now Leeds are just starting to find their feet again a little bit. An impressive. Um, bit of recruitment, I think that's been done. Have Leeds got a chance of of winning ev- winning it all this year? I mean, could we see them elevate back to to those sort of levels? I mean, if if you ask that question to to Richard Agar, uh, James, I think he'd, he'd probably start laughing when you you mention the uh, can they win everything this year? But they can certainly get back to to somewhere where we know Leeds can can go to. Um, re- as you mentioned, they've recruited. Very, very impressively. They've probably been the, the club who's, who's recruited the best in Super League over the off-season. 
Uh, Blake Austin and Aidan Caesar in the halves, they, they played together for three seasons. I think it was at, at Canberra Raiders in the NRL, so they, they already know each other. They don't even need to build up a combination. Uh, Tom Winger, David Fossey, too, he was once the, the NRL's top try scorer as well. Uh, and James Bentley, we all know that what he can bring, he was he was a firecracker, if you like, for, for Saints in the back row. So the, I think they've got plenty of strength in depth. We've not even talked about some of the young stars like Tom Allroyd and Morgan Gannon in the squad as well who can who can come in and, and do a solid job as well. So I'm, I'm expecting big things from the Rhinos. Yeah, Le- Leeds had a few difficult years, obviously, you know, understandable at the end of the, the dynasty of of a squad that they had and um, they just seem to maybe be finding the feet again now in this they've gone through that transition period they've they've added some smart signings over the last couple of years which has gotten to the point they are now where they've had this off-season of recruitment that's really almost finalised that and then as you mentioned the young players that they've got coming through they seem to have now a bit of a convert especially in the pack of young players coming through that's not to, to say there's not players in the back of course you've got Jack Broadbent and, and Harry Newman and Ash Hanley now very well established in the first team as well so lots to be excited for for Leeds especially ahead of the opener live on Channel 4 against Warrington here's what Richard Agar had to say uh, we're really excited about Ian I'm going to tell you that I think uh, um, it's been brilliant just for the day uh, that our game's going to go out on, uh, on terrestrial television I think it's brilliant for uh, the other broadcast partners too in terms of Sky that um, the number of viewers uh, they're going to get to watch rugby league over these opening rounds is I think fantastic news for the sport and a great opportunity uh, and we're, we're very privileged and excited to be on there. Uh, can we put a show on? I hope we do. I hope both teams put a show on and it, it kicks the season off with a bang uh, to as many people as possible. I think there's been some great good news stories for the game. You know, we got one yesterday uh, with the new patron of the game being uh, Duchess of Cambridge on the top of Channel 4 coming in and we've got some new presenters going on Sky too so yeah I'm actually I'm actually really excited to, uh, to look forward to round one and, and look at how it, how it comes across uh, to the general public. For Salford Red Devils there's been a lot of talk about what's happening off the pitch with uncertainty over the their future of the stadium they're going to be moving out of the AJ Bell by the looks of things They've changed coach as well over the off-season. Richard Marshall replaced by Paul Rowley. And with the new rules coming into force with regards to postponements and the forfeiting of games at 14, adding depth to the Salford squad was probably the name of the game for Paul Rowley. They've got their um, their academy in the background and the reserve team in the background as well. Um, have they got enough drew Salford to, to push away from maybe the bottom areas of the league oh I think they've got more than enough to, to push away from that area the, I think when you look at Salford's team on paper and I know we are we must emphasise the word on paper but um, they've got a very strong team I, I think they've also uh, recruited impressively over the off season as well uh, they've got a, a couple of new faces uh, in the pack. I'm I'm excited to see how Sitalaki Akawala and King Bunny Iowa go in the in the front row. Um, but I'm, I'm most excited to see Ryan Briley. Uh, he seems to to have a new lease of life at Salford. Obviously, he grew up supporting the club, and it's a big season for him because he played for for Lee last season, who suffered relegation. But I actually 
uh, think he flourished in the full-back role last season. He's, he's obviously played half-back for the majority of his career and he'll be, be getting... Well, he's, he's got the number one spot for, uh, for Salford this year and I think he'll be looking to impress. And what what about Brodie Croft as well? Because he, he's quite a, an interesting pick-up. Now, we, I mean, Australian half-backs coming over have had mixed success. We've had some that have done really well, but we've had others. and I mean, Salford have had some of, some of them that have not perhaps lived up to them expectations how much of what Salford do this season is dependent on just how good Croft is yeah I think uh, Ryan Bradley touched on it in an interview a couple of weeks ago saying that we just need to embrace Brodie Croft put a little bit of uh, an arm around him and embrace him for, for what he is he's, he's uh, Bradley was talking he's not an organiser Croft he's, he likes to run with the ball he's, he's exciting when he's got the ball in his hands uh, he likes to take on defences um, and I think it's integral for him to to have a big season for for Salford to succeed. Uh, definitely as a as the priority halfback, uh, so to speak. And um, I'm also looking forward to seeing Andy Akers as well. It's a big it's a big year for him in the the hooking role. We caught up with Salford coach Paul Rowley. Yeah, I think uh, what you get with Dion is um, he's a, he's a great kid. He's coachable. Um, you know, he's he's. He's got common sense and uh, he's intelligent, so he, he really listens. He's really receptive, and he's you know he's, he's determined to to not waste this opportunity. And uh, I think he's probably at the right time of life, uh, mature enough to to really step forward. He's surrounded himself with some good people who he's knocking about with at the club who can who really pull him along and and look after him if you like. And yeah, from the player that we got. In week one, to who we've got now, he's, he's come on leap, leaps and bounds. So, um, you know, we won't get too excited at this point and keep him under the radar somewhat. But if he, if he carries on progressing at the rate that he is, then, uh, you know, we'll have some play on our hands. For Hull FC, it's, a, it's going to be a tricky start already, entering the season under a, a little bit of an injury cloud. Jake Connor picking up an injury in, in pre season to add to an already sizable list for the time of year it is including Scott Taylor um, Brett Hodgson his second year in charge now as well big change in the middle Drew with Luke Gale being brought in as a replacement for Mark Schmieder Mark Schmieder of course went to, to Salford Huller always feel like one of the teams that you expect should do better than maybe they end up doing and it's almost a bit of a monkey on the back isn't it every year we talk about Hull you know can Hull get break into that top three or four teams and just every year there's always something that maybe they they just fall a bit beneath where where they really ought to be yeah um but Hull have made a couple of big name signings as well uh this season I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how Luke Gill goes alongside Josh Reynolds Reynolds was a big name signing for, for Hull last season but he didn't get on the pitch as much as he would have liked um so hopefully he can stay injury free for most of the season and, and strike up a partnership with Luke Gale because that can certainly be dangerous. And and what's good about a half-back is they play well when the pack are playing well and Hull have got a, a massive forward pack this year, uh, headed up by Chris Satai, who, who had a phenomenal season in Super League uh, last year. They've signed Joel Lovadua as well, the Fijian international hooker. Uh, he, Brett Hodgson has, has talked highly of him in pre-season as well. I think he'll have a... A, a massive impact on the black and whites in 2022. And a bit of a change of approach. Uh, I've seen um, a comment from Josh Griffin, I think, where they've almost had props as wingers in recent years. Hull. They've now got Adam Swift and, and Darrell McIntosh, a new signing from Huddersfield out there. But another 
perhaps more significant changing of the guard is the decision to change captaincy. So Danny Horton's probably been Mr. Hull in many ways for, for however long, and he's still going to be in the team, of course, but an interesting one to, to give Gail the armband. Yeah, and I think the thinking behind that was probably that Gail will play most weeks. Uh, well, he'll play every game when he's fit, Luke Gail. Uh, whereas Danny Houghton might be... They might watch how they, how they use him this year as he edges towards the back end of his career. As I mentioned, they've signed Lovadua and they've also still got Jordan Johnston in the hooking role as well. So they might look to rotate the three of them this year um, and, or they might go with uh, two hookers per game as well. So they'll utilise that option of having uh, three uh, starting hookers, if you like, uh, who are all worthy of playing. So uh, I'm, I think Luke Gale will be the main man, uh, it's fair to say at Hull. Let's see what Brett Hodgson had to say. Uh, look, yeah, it is a blow because he's such a special talent. Um, you know, I don't think there's as many people in the competition with the skill that he possesses. However, we've got a pretty good replacement in Jamie Shaw. Um, Jamie's been at the top of his game for a number of years. He's won two Challenge Cups with us as a club, uh, and he knows what he's doing at fullback. So I've got absolute every confidence in Jamie coming in and, and performing to the level that he knows he can and we require. Um, I think the four players that we've got in, Luke Gale, Daniel McIntosh, Kane Evans and Lovadilla, um, definitely strengthen our squad and strengthen the balance of our squad as well. Um, you know, Joe can play hooker, long forward, back row, centre. Um, Daniel can play centre, wing, fullback. Um, Kane's now down front row, obviously, and, and Luke's the down and a half back. But the quality that those players have brought in has been excellent. Um, Luke has led the way from day one. Uh, it didn't take long for him to be vocal, which is what we wanted. Um, he challenges the leadership, he challenges the, the behaviours and standards of our group um, and he also encourages the young boys when they're, when they're doing well and, and gives them praise when they need it. It's a bit of a kick up the butt when they don't. So, um, But yeah, they've all been great for us, so looking forward to, to everyone being out in the field. For Huddersfield Giants, it's Ian Watson's second season in charge and Drew, he feels now that Watson's got his own stamp on the team, he's recruited pretty heavily in the off-season. They got the recruitment done pretty early. The two, I suppose, headline signings, you could say Alola Hayer and Farge at half-back. But do we expect to see a different Huddersfield now that Watson's been able to bring in his own his own players? Yeah, I think we will see a different Huddersfield this season. Uh, funnily enough, we were speaking to Ian Watson last week and he, he said that the job at Huddersfield was bigger than he initially anticipated um, because I, I was quite disappointed with... Uh, the Giants last season. I was expecting big things from them uh, in 2021, but they had an under-par year, I, I believe, under in, in Watson's first uh, year as head coach. I think they finished ninth overall in Super League, so it was a pretty disappointing season, but they recruited very, very well over the off-season. I think the acquisition of Chris Hill as well uh, in the front row is a, a great signing. Um, He'll bring a lot to that team. Luke Yates has been appointed captain as well. He's he's one of the most underrated forwards in Super League, in my opinion. It will be interesting to see how Farge and, and Lola here click in the halves as well. And let, let's not forget to mention uh, the star young fullback, Will Price. It's going to be a massive year for him. And I'm, I'm looking forward to, to seeing how he goes in his first full season in, in professional rugby. Yeah, one of the things that uh, Watson did say when he went over to Huddersfield was the excitement of working with some of the young players that they've got brought, you know, that they bring in through. And Huddersfield have always brought through those young players. I know they lost Darnell McIntosh to, to Hull this time round, but as you say, with Price, he's going to be the one that everyone's talking about. We called him maybe, you know, I said, we asked Ken Davey, and Ken Davey sort of has to play a bit of a straight back with, it, back with his Super League role, but Will Price is 
probably the most marketable player that Super League's got right now. Let's hear then from Huddersfield coach Ian Watson. Well, I think I've said before, we, we, our minimum target is a playoff spot. We want to go for a playoff spot and then see where we can go from there, basically. So it's a, we feel the group's improved and we feel we're miles in front of where we were last year. But, but you get that when you're building. Um, so what we've got to do now is take it out onto the field and actually show where we are, where we are at this moment in time. I think in the pre-season friendlies, we've, we've kind of steadily progressed on the back end of that as well. Even the whole KR game, I think, was outstanding in that. If you look at the amount of players that we actually left back at home in that game as well, we left about 12 players out in that game. So it probably shows you the strength and depth that we've got in the squad now. So it's just about consistently competing and pushing each other to be better to make sure that we're successful when we play on the field. Next up is Wakefield Trinity. Willie Poaching enters his first full season as as permanent head coach, he was interim at the back end of, of last season. There's been some changes in personnel for, for Wakefield. Did they enter the season, Drew, as a little bit of a, not under the radar as such, a bit of an unknown, but, but not many people are talking about Wakefield, but that actually probably will suit them. Uh, yeah, I, th I, I don't think they'll mind going under the radar at all. Um, let's not forget that when Willie Porchin came in last season, he did a terrific job, he made a... A big impact straight away at Trinity. Uh, the players seem to to want to play for him. The, the players seem to have a, a great relationship with Portion, which is always a good thing at a club. Uh, I don't I don't think they'll, might, they'll mind um, going under the radar uh, at all. I, I think they'll embrace the underdogs tag in, in every game. Well, most games that they play against uh, the bigger five, if you like. And uh, I think they can cause a couple of upsets as well this year, definitely. And, of course, they've got all the activity that will hopefully be kicking into... Um, action soon around the stadium it, it very much sounds like they're going to be playing some of their games at least this season with almost not half a stadium but maybe three quarters of a stadium as the development goes but that's a massive step forward for Wakefield after you know don't forget they finished fifth a couple of seasons in, in Super League and the stadium improvements will certainly help them almost get back to them levels but maybe maintain it a bit more as well yeah I, I certainly think uh, the stadium redevelopment is a massive one for Wakefield. We all know that Wakefield have needed this for, for quite a while now. Uh, hopefully they can reap the rewards in term, uh, financially uh, and hopefully the fans can, in the turn, can, can really get behind Wakefield as well and, and we'll see more attendances coming through. Does Wakefield's late recruitment, you know, they brought in Thomas Minns and, and Dave, I'll have to call him Dave, the, the Fijian, um, they brought him in late on does that suggest that maybe they're not a hundred percent with the they still feel they need bodies or do, or do you think they'll be quite happy with what they've got i mean mason lino was a not many people talked about in last season but i thought he was a fairly shrewd pickup for them um do you still feel they need more or do you think they've they've got enough to we're not expecting Wakefield to maybe push towards the playoffs, but maybe they've got enough to stay away from any worries of relegation. I, I thought Lee, Lino was great for Wakefield last season. He performed to, to a high standard uh, every week. Um, I was very impressed with, with what I saw from him. Uh, they will be looking to, to bring in a couple more bodies, I think, uh, as the season goes on. But I think Thomas Minns is, is another shrewd pick-up. I think uh, not, not a lot of people were taken aback back when they signed Minns, but... Uh, I think I've I've rated him for for quite a while. I think he is a super league player definitely, uh, and I think when given the chance, he will take his his chance um, with with both hands, and I think he'll impress. Let's hear now then from Wakefield coach Willie Poaching. Pretty much, pretty much here. Yeah, uh, was a pretty fit and well got it. Pretty much our full complement of players, barring those guys that didn't finish the season last year. 
the build turbos, I think Kershaw's the long-term ones, they're, uh, they'll still be a little while, so uh, we're pretty happy with where we are fitness-wise. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's different when you're sitting in the hot seat, you know, everything's on you, and you've got to make decisions, and um, the grumpier ones come to you, and you've got to deal with all of that sort of stuff, and, and I expected all of that beforehand. But in the process, I, I recruited some good people around me, and I, I understood the importance of having that and having a really good supportive staff. And they've been invaluable to me as well. You know, they've played a big, massive part in how we've gone this preseason. It's not just been on me, it's, they've played a part also. For the first time ever in Super League, we've got two French teams as Toulouse secured their promotion from the Championship last season. It's fair to say that their preparations for Super League have been hampered somewhat by a bit of off-field shenanigans or whatever you want to call it. They've lost their captain and standoff, Jonathan Ford. There's big question marks over fullback Mark Corella. Um, hopefully he does take to the field for Toulouse because they're surely going to be, well, they are going to be much better off with Corella. I suppose, Drew, the problem is when we look at Toulouse, we were, we were maybe worried about them before all this with uncertainty with Ford and Corella. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think... They were already facing a mountain to climb, so to speak, uh, in terms of the squad, just compared to, to the rivals, if you like, in Super League. Uh, I was gutted to see Ford leave the club. Um, I thought he, he deserved his Super League chance, and hopefully we get to see him in Super League at some point in the future. Uh, but it's integral that they, they keep Mark Carella because he's been uh, their standout player for, for a number of seasons now. He's been the best fullback in the Championship for a number of seasons. Uh, and he tweeted on well, he, not tweeted. He posted on Instagram. Sorry, um, that he's he's excited to play this weekend. So hopefully he does. Hopefully he can stay at Toulouse for for the entirety of the season. Um, but I do think it, it's a, an uphill battle for Toulouse. They've only brought in a handful of players: Chris Hankinson, Matty Russell, James Cunningham. Um, does does a lot of I mean Toulouse are gonna have to recruit more. That I I feel like they've got and Sylvan Hills has said we'll hear from him shortly. He has said that they are looking for for more bodies, and it's going to be pivotal for them who who just who they can pick up to strengthen that squad. But also, we talk about Catalan and the way that they're bringing through young French players. You just wonder whether Toulouse have they got some young French players in the background that we might that you know obviously Super League fans or we might not know a great deal about that might just step up just like some of the ones that Catalan have and just improve that Toulouse squad and just do enough for them to avoid relegation, because that's got to be the priority. They've got to avoid relegation. Home games are going to be so crucial, but I just still feel that the next few months to lose is going to be critical at how, just if they can add a few more bodies and, and, and how good of a start they can get off to. Yeah, I don't, I don't think they'll be able to sign anyone uh, within the next couple of weeks. I think it'll be a couple of months into the season before they can start signing players um, as, as obviously other, other teams get injuries or other players become available uh, if they're not playing at clubs so I think it will be a, a couple of months before we'll see new faces at Toulouse uh, they, they have got a, a reserve team let's not forget that who play in the French Elite 1 Championship so they can call upon some of their reserve players uh, and also Catalan's coach Steve McNamara uh, has said that they've got a very good relationship with Toulouse and would be willing to, to loan them some players but Toulouse haven't made any approaches as of yet Let's hear now then from the wonderful Toulouse coach Sylvain Hules we're in touch, we're in touch with a few agents and with a few players, you know, like nothing concrete at this stage, but, you know, like we're, we're in a process, obviously, to look for, for some players. 
uh, as, uh, as I mentioned to earlier to a few of your, of your colleagues, you know, and I've been, uh, you know, I want to get the right one too, you know, we don't want to jump into uh, any players, so it's quite tough, you know, obviously, because there's not, there's not that many on the market at the moment, but, but um, you know, like we, we are working on it. Yeah, usually, you know, we have been, we work so hard for it, you know, and, uh, um, you know, we can feel that we, we, you know, we're not far from, from being, making a, an historical day in our, in our club history. And, uh, and so, all the excitement there, you know, we can wait. We, you know, let the players, uh, you know, they, they want to be part of this first team. We're going to play this, this first, uh, game in, in, in Super League, you know, so like it's, it's going to be really important for us. Hulk Hulkar finished last season as one of the stories of 2021, as Tony Smith said. Not only reached the playoffs, but stunned Warrington at the Halliwell Jones. They've brought in Lachlan Coote as a headline signing from St. Helens. Do we feel that's enough, Drew, for to keep Hull KR in that top top six in 2022? Yeah, I think I'm a massive fan of Lachlan Coote. Uh, he's an unbelievable signing for, for Hull KR. I, I was pretty surprised when St. Helens uh, agreed to let him go after only offering him a, a one-year contract. Uh, but what a pick-up. He is for the Robins. Uh, I think he'll add a lot to to Hulk KR this year. And when you you think of him partnering up with uh, the spine of of Jordan Abdul and Mikey Lewis in the arms as well, it can be very excited if you're you're a Hulk KR fan. Uh, they've also recruited Tom Garrett from Dewsbury, who's making the step up to full time, along with Ireland international Frankie Alton as well. Uh, Tony Smith has, has spoken very highly of Halton in pre-season. He says he's been a, a top performer and he's actually been taken back a little bit about how much he has uh, impressed him in, in pre-season. So he could be uh, a, a bit of a secret weapon for the Robins, if you like. Smith Smith seems really positive. It's almost like the shackles are off and you can see he's, he's quite enthusiastic about the, the young team that he, he's built at Hull KR. And of course, you know, there are budget constraints everywhere. They've got a sprinkling of experience in there as well, the likes of Sean Kenny Dowell. Um, but... I think that Michael Lewis is an interesting one. Obviously, he scored that brilliant try against Warrington. He was out on loan, wasn't he, at times last season? And all of a sudden, you're now talking about him and Abdul as being potentially the keys to Hulkar making the playoffs. And Abdul, potentially, can he fight, go to that next level? Of course, he got picked by England at the end of the year. He'll have a look at, he'll be looking at a World Cup spot. He's almost now got potential to elevate himself into almost like the elite group of players in Super League. This is what we always thought about Abdul as well, even when he was coming through the ranks at Hull FC. Uh, there was a lot of talk about it and there was a lot of promise from him, but he never quite delivered that finished article at, at Hull FC. But he's, he's, gone, he's gone across the river to, to KR and he's reaching his full potential now and he's getting international honours. That It's the pinnacle of, of our game and uh, the big question is, can he kick on even more in 2022? Let's hear then from Tony Smith. The least of all worries, <laughs> honestly, honest, um, and I'm not just being polite there. Um, what other people think doesn't really matter so much, and it's you know I, I don't want to answer you with the usual answer, but it, it's true. You know what anybody else thinks doesn't really matter. Um, we've got to earn the right, like we did last year. We earned the right last year to get to where we got to, and we've got to earn the right again. Um, people want to tip us to come last. They, Honestly, it just—it's not an inspiration. It's not what gets us going. Uh, hard work gets us going. You know, we, if we work hard, we'll get to where we deserve to be. Whether that's top, bottom, or in between, you know, I'm a big believer in that. Always have been. No matter which team I coach, what other people think, um, you know, it's nice to be talked about and it's nice to be admired. And 
uh, all those sort of things. And in some ways, you know, I get more joy and, and react more about when people tell me that they enjoy watching uh, the team I coach play. You know, that means more to me than what the bookies say. You know, what the bookies say, or what people really that's a consensus of what people out there think about who's going to win the comp. Um, it's more than that. Our, our sport's more than that. It is an entertainment thing. We need to be entertaining. We need, you know, not just my team, but the whole sport needs to be entertaining. We need to get people to come along and watch us because there's an, they want to be, not just because it's the only thing on. You know, we want we want them to want to be at games, and we want them to come and follow us and, and each of our teams. So, you know, we've got to. We've all got a responsibility, not just to win games. For me as a coach, it's I've got responsibility to be entertaining as well and get my team to be entertaining. Otherwise, there's no point and nobody will turn up. So Castleford have got a new coach in Lee Radford. A bit of an end of an era for them with Davil Powell moving on. And is it is it unfair for me to say that Castleford have maybe punched well above their weight under Powell? And does that put added pressure on Lee Radford, perhaps, Drew, for for this season? I think it's fair to say that they've punched above the way under Powell. Um, they, they've not, we, we all know they've not got the best facilities in, in Super League and, and they've not got one of the budgets compared to the likes of the top five, if you like. Uh, I think they have batted above the way. Uh, Daryl Powell did a tremendous job there and I'm excited to see what Lee Radford does. It's good to have Lee Radford back in the game. He's a great character, isn't he? And a good bloke to speak to as well. Uh, he's made a lot of new signings. He's put his own stamp on the club. I think there's nine new signings at, at the Tigers this season, so it will be interesting to see how they go. And they've got a good, a real good spine of, of English players, you know, Nile Levels, Jake Truman, Danny Richardson, Gareth O'Brien, Paul McShane, they brought Joe, Joe Westerman back. And I've seen a few people tipping Cass maybe to, to do well in the Challenge Cup. Of course, if you get a few decent draws, Radford's obviously got a good pedigree um, in the Challenge Cup with, with Hull. Um, do you feel, where do you think for Cass? Do you think the Cup might be a nice little target for them? Can you see them reaching the playoffs? Well, I've, from all the interviews that I've read with Castleford players and representatives over the off-season, it's, it's as though that the playoffs are the minimum um, for, for the Tigers this season. Uh, Nile Levels also done an interview with Love Rubber League saying he wants to target Silverwood, he wants to win a trophy with Castleford. I think the Challenge Cup's a, a perfect opportunity to do that. Like you say, it's a knockout competition. There's only a couple of games to play until you get to Wembley, so we'll see what happens. Let's hear now from Castleford coach Lee Radford. <laughs> yeah, um, good. Just saying there, enjoyable. Um, different, different feel to the place. Um, but you know, hard-working, um, blue-collar sort of group that are down and, and backside up. So yeah, really enjoyed it, really enjoyed it. Yeah, no, um, obviously recruitment started sort of halfway through last season and um, in, in what was a quiet market, I thought I thought we did okay. Um, some of the blocks we've brought in have, you know, have already contributed massively, but the, the core of the group that was there previously is, is obviously what the club has been built on. and. Um, the seems to have blended well and, and hopefully we'll, um, we'll see that evolve over the next four or five rounds of uh, the competition when it starts. So that's it, we've heard from all 12 Super League coaches. I suppose the time now, Drew, is for us to make our predictions for the season. Um, let's start with, let's get relegation out of the way because 
you know, we want to end on a positive. Who who do you think will be going down at the end of the season? Uh, I don't want to say it, and I don't want it to happen. Uh, but I think Toulouse will suffer relegation this season. I just think uh, the mountain is too high uh, for them to climb and and to overcome. Um, yeah, I I'm going with Toulouse. I- I mean, I feel like I've asked this question without preparing my own answer. Um, I think I think it'll be between Toulouse, Wakefield and Salford. I think they're the three that'll be be down there. I think a lot's going to hinge on on Toulouse, his home form, if they can pick up wins at home. Um, especially in this early part of the season as well, where some teams might be going a little bit under strength. Um, I, I I worry for Salford. I think I, I think I think I. If I had to pick one of those three, I think my sort of head, I think my heart's ruling my head a little bit. I'd like to lose to stay up, um, and I think maybe I'd tip Salford, but I, you know I'm by no means convinced. I think Wakefield will be down there. I'd like to say to lose, you just hope that it, it's not a, another situation like Lee last season where Lee were you know cut adrift pretty early doors and everyone knew they were going. Um, you just hope that Toulouse can maybe do what London Broncos did the previous se- the previous full season, um, you know, and take it to the wire and, and maybe stay up. We'll move on from relegation anyway. Um, before I get some abuse from Salford fans, um, Challenge Cup. Should we do Challenge Cup before we do Super League? I mean, I suppose with Challenge Cup, it's a bit like needling a haystack job, isn't it? Because yeah, it is. I I always struggle picking a Challenge Cup winner just because it, it's anyone's, isn't it? Um, you win three or four games and, and you're off to Wembley. Well, um, not Wembley this year. That was well, a case with Wembley. Yeah. Uh, Tottenham Hotspur Stadium this year. Uh, Challenge Cup. I'll go with Saint Helens. Um, Challenge Cup. I'm I'm going to go Wigan actually for Challenge Cup. So the big one then, Super League. They've, they've not won it since twenty sixty. Uh, not twenty thirty. I think Wigan. Well, uh, my, Wigan and my tip for Super League then. League leaders Shield. League Leaders Shield, oh, interesting one. Um, I'm going to go with Saints again. Um, I think the squad, the squad, you can't really look past it to be honest. Um, I think they've they've recruited impressively. Uh, they're going to have another strong season. Um, so yeah, I'll go, I'll go with them. And, and, and I think Catalans and and Wigan will run them close as well. I, I think I'll go with Saints. I think my top four will be Saints, Leeds. Wigan and Catalan, I think that'd be me. To- not in necessarily in that order, but I think that'd be my top four. And then grand final, can anyone stop St Helens? I'll tip Wigan for the grand final. Oh well, you would. Um, I think I just think surely Saints can't win it four years in a row. Surely they can't. Mm, I, I I got a bit of stick last year for not predicting Saints, so part of me feels like I should predict Saints to win it. And to be honest, I, I, yeah, I. Ultimately, Saints are the team to beat. They've won it three times in a row. They're the favourites, and they're the favourites for, for a reason. And so for that reason, I'm going to say St. Helens win the so grand you're final. Go, you're going to go with the easy choice. Yeah, I think so. I I just I can't... I think they'll be contenders. You know, I think Leeds will contend. I think Wigan will contend. I think Catalan will contend. I think Warrington will contend. I suppose, ultimately, it all depends on... There's a lot of factors, isn't there, in terms of injuries towards that back end of the season. I think Catalan will benefit from what they did last season, but then at the same time, they're more marked perhaps than they were 
than they were last season. I th- I, I've tipped Wigan just because I'm excited for this new era under Matt Pete. Uh, and I, I think the acquisition of Lee Braz as assistant coach is uh, is very underrated as well. Obviously, that's gone under the radar a little bit just because he's not a player. But uh, I think Lee Braz will will work wonders for Wigan's attack, and, and Matt Pete plays a, a great style of rugby. And, I think he'll, he'll have the Wigan fans on the feet as well. I think for me, I think I I quite fancy Leeds, but I just I, I think for me that the thing with, with with Leeds is have they got the consistency week in week out? I'm not saying that they won't find it at some point, but I think you look at St Helens of Catalan over the last couple of seasons, they've been very <laughs> consistent at that top of the league, and it's going to take you know Leeds, Warrington, teams like that are going to have to step up to another level to find that sort of consistency to be able to sit at the top of the league. And, you know, we shouldn't discount other teams as well. You know, Hull, Hull KR showed that they can compete. Again, consistency might be one of the things that, that hold them back. Um, you know, and everyone will enter the season, of course, with, with hopes of, of doing really well. Um, what about a final one, Man of Steel predictions? Ah, uh, Man of Steel predictions. you put me on the spot there, mate. Um... It's, it's obviously, I mean, obviously, it's... It, it, that that's the the pinnacle of consistency these days, the Man of Steel, isn't it? The way that the the voting um, system works. As you, as you mentioned, that two players came to mind: uh, George Williams and Jack Wellsby. Uh, I think Wellsby is in for a massive year at Saints. Um, I think he can he can really kick on uh, this season. Uh, but I've, I've picked Saints and he's near enough everything uh, so far, James. Did- so so I will go a little bit. As a left field one, I'll go with George Williams for for Warrington. Uh, we saw glimpses of what he could do with with Warrington last season, but I think uh, this year he can really uh, make his mark on Super League on his return. I suppose the way the voting goes, I I'm still Sam Tompkins is, remains in my head because I just think the way the voting goes, clearly it benefits players. And I'm not saying Sam Tompkins deserved Man of Steel last season, by the way, but it certainly benefits players that maybe play in teams where. They're clearly a headline player in it, and Tompkins is. You know, I know they've got Mitchell Pearce and you know a few other players, but I think Tompkins has got less competition in the Catalan team to be the key man for Catalan, as opposed to say, you know, at, at Warrington you've got Williams, Widder, Ratchford, Clark, all bidding for the headlines all the time, um, and maybe that's what gives Tompkins. And some some people might point to when McShane won it for Casford is because you know McShane was always head and shoulders at at Castleford, so. I'm gonna back. I'm gonna stick with Tompkins. Um, so that's our predictions. Let us know what you think. What you're predicting will happen this season. Keep an eye out on LoveRugbyLeague.com as well because everyone who everyone part of the team is gonna do their one to twelve and their grand final predictions as well. Um, me and Drew, Drew are invariably wrong, so uh, maybe someone will get it right. Um, thanks for listening to this episode of the podcast preview in the season. We'll be back again next week. Back to the normal format. We'll have the good, the bad, the ugly. We'll have random rugby league. We'll have a big interview as well. Um, We'll see you then. Thanks for listening to the Love Rugby League podcast. Know someone who shares our collective love for rugby league? Let them know about this podcast and make sure to subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. Eager for more rugby league news? Visit loverugbyleague.com. Podcast Network.